Hello world, Wealthbooks here. Happy new month. I hope this month will bring more success, happiness, peace, love, sound health, progression, moving forward, financial security and growth to you all. Happy Nigerian Independence Day. A day of celebration for how far we have come and how far we will continue to go. Happy Black History Month. A month of celebration of who we were, who we are and who we will be. Not just as individuals, but as a progressive community. Just wanted to add here that in celebration of Black History Month, I will be posting daily short entries on my words Twitter page to celebrate us for this month. With all that said, welcome to another episode titled Recovery from the Battle. We're going to look into five different topic areas today. These topic areas will be titled as Occupational Health, Boundaries, 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 Health is Wealth, Visualizing Visions and Rising Up from Your Sunken Place. As a disclaimer, the views shared in this episode do not wholly reflect my own personal views. So for the first topic, occupational health, rather than me having just a normal discussion about this topic in my usual structure, I want to portray the message using poetry in the form of a short story. It's going to focus on the negative consequences in the case of an individual, who you will call Roy, that had forgotten the meaning and importance of occupational health in his line of work, but it wasn't entirely his fault. I won't specify the job role because I feel like there doesn't need to be a specific career role to make the point that I'll be trying to make. The purpose of this short story has the potential in which I hope to help us all to reflect on our occupational health and see where there needs to be some change to improve it, should that be the case, irrespective of what we work as, where we work and who we work for. Hi, my name is Roy. I'm 32 years old and employed been working in my role for the past 10 years now that has brought both tears and joy. It's the normal standing working rate as we know, monthly payments as a reward for our workflow. Of the daily 9 to 5, 8 hour shifts minus the time travelling to and from home. I know the terms of the employment policies, the regulations that are here to protect you and me, though I often find myself feeling worn out when work starts to feel not so stress free. I've done all the training that was required, the pre-employment training and the ones after I've been hired, but I don't remember much from the training about how to cope when work makes you feel so tired. What does occupational health mean, you ask? Well, to me, to state one answer to that question would be hard. I know the definitions of occupation and health as separate components, but to put them together seems like a difficult task. However, rather than me to give up on the first try, Ask me the question again and I will try to find the reasons why. We put these two words together to make an important term related to the functionality of work life. So Roy, what does occupational health mean to you? Well that's a good question and I plan to jot down just a few key reasons from my perspective about its meaning and why we apply this term within our workplaces as a tool. To push forward the narrative of prioritising people's well-being and welfare and ensuring we never lose sight of its beauty. I want to start this off by explaining its definition. That's the first step to creating this recognition of the term occupational health to bring more awareness to our peers in the same above or lower working positions. Occupational health is driven by this notion concerning the physical, mental, emotional and social well-being to gain promotion of how it can be positively enforced for all individuals at a workplace where it is not in motion. Now I've had my fair share of situations that question this practicability. 
especially with this one situation that derived from the question of my suitability and where I currently work as my employer started to wonder whether my hard work had lost its credibility. Though to some extent the wonder of my employer was not unjust, that week I started to have enough. So I feel like I have the right to say now that it wasn't my fault I had started to lose touch. In my ability to work under pressure and stick to deadlines, we must agree on the amount we should do as overtime to draw the line. As I was spending outside of working hours to get the work done, but was only getting paid for my contractual working hours time. Now don't get me wrong, sometimes there's nothing wrong with this, especially if it happens occasionally and it's the best fitting method to complete a task, either simple or hard, to ensure I stay glued to my work objectives. But that one task took a toll on my mental state, and I just felt I couldn't or didn't have the right to complain about the way I was feeling not trying to be left behind in my workplace. Physical strength started to deteriorate. I guess that's what happens when your mind starts to play those wicked games. Of lowering your self-esteem, nothing seems as it used to be, and I dwell in that failed, sunken place. I tried to talk to my manager to confide in them about my stress and fears, or the issues that was happening within me and the ones that could soon physically appear. I know the sympathy was there, emotional comfort was shared, but no action was made to show that they genuinely cared. Whether this was due to a lack of knowledge on how to deal with these type of circumstances, or seeking to keep the issue quiet on how to deal with reporting it, this had rubbed me the wrong way, questioning if the EDI policies were truly applied in my workplace, or were they just there to show my workforce took a stand with it. It took months of back and forth to find a resolution, not only to this issue of mine but to the whole EDI policies distribution, within this workforce and externally, we can't keep quiet when EDI issues are happening, so I made sure I became a part of the solution. I came up with new strategies and how we could implement EDI policies effectively in a manner that would create change in how workforces care for their employers and employees. Now I know it may seem I have digressed from the main purpose of this story, but know that sound occupational health cannot be properly enforced without the backing of impacted EDI policies. And I wanted to combine these two topics together as they both relate to my story in one way or another to portray the message I will now state to finish off this story. The enforcement of occupational health and EDI, equality, diversity and inclusivity is crucial. Where we identify lack of engagement within these areas, it significantly affects the progression of greater change in the environment that it is being unengaged in. The promotion of enforcing these two terms within our places of work starts with us all having our own individual understanding of what these two terms mean. However, I think that having the ability to have a highly advanced knowledge of occupational health on its own will and can create responsibility of bringing more insight to EDI. Both these terms requires a community to take a stand by it, not just when you see others doing it because it is popular to do so, but at all times, especially where private problems are happening and they have yet to get public awareness. I decided to take a stand because of my own personal circumstances. You may decide to take a stand because you have been a witness of seeing someone else being affected by it. Either way, stand by it. Stand by it loud, stand by it proud. The only way we can progress into greater heights as a community is by us having the backing of the same community and others in the locality, nationally and or internationally to see that there is an issue with the lack of enforcement of the importance of occupational health and EDI. And upon seeing, knowing, experiencing or hearing of that issue, we decide to take a stand against it and stand by the positive implementation of occupational health and EDI. So, will you take a stand? As a disclaimer, 
please note that this is a record fiction. To any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual events is purely coincidental. I hope you enjoyed the short story and take the message of how important it is to understand and apply the meaning of occupational health with regards to the importance of EDI in your everyday work life through Roy's story. Boundaries is an ambiguous word in terms of how we apply it in our daily lifestyle and how it can cast a positive and or negative effect on our lives. For example, we set boundaries for the way in which we allow others to have access to us and how we allow them to use their access in exchange for us to maintain a high level of self-respect. Or, setting boundaries provides us with the ability to know how we should or may think and act towards ourselves, people and things that may not always be positive, e.g. useful. Hence why, this part of the episode is titled Boundaries, Boundaries, Boundaries. We're going to be looking more into these three types of boundaries with people, personal and things. People boundaries. There are so many different types of people boundaries that we can develop, purely based on the fact that we are all different individuals. So what may trigger one person, and the level in which that person may be affected by the trigger, is different towards another person. I think with this in mind, it is important for us to know how to take control of a situation that may be triggering to us, by creating and enforcing a boundary so that the trigger doesn't get to us. But this is just as important in us understanding each other's triggers and knowing how far we have to take something spoken and or acted by us towards that person before we understand that we are crossing their boundaries. It is as simple as that. People boundaries draws down to the very basic common knowledge and understanding of respecting yourself and respecting others. Until we are able to acquire such common knowledge and understanding of respect, then we are yet to understand the importance of people boundaries. So what are we to do when we are yet to gain full understanding of mutual respect or boundaries for ourselves and towards others? Listen. We learn how to be respectful and be respected by listening to others, listening to understand and not to argue back, to be listened to and for others to have understanding of ourselves, to just listen. Personal boundaries. This is more in relation to what we do and how we talk to ourselves. The perception that we create about ourselves determines the direction where we will go in life. The perception that we create about ourselves determines the direction and where we will go in life on the basis that we have built a good foundation of self-control and what we self-indulge in for our personal growth. The key word here is soul. Whatever we do, wherever we go, whoever we accompany ourselves with has an effect on our soul. Whether it be good or bad, the effect will take place. We need to understand that where there are certain things, certain environments, certain people that we know for ourselves that will not help us to grow, to succeed, to win, to thrive, to progress, to move forward, we have to create boundaries with such thing and or person. How we grow, succeed, win, thrive, progress and move forward depends entirely on the things we fill ourselves with or allow to have access to our souls. Be careful with where you go, who you move with and what you do and have boundaries if you feel like such person and or thing is not benefiting you. Boundaries placed on tangible and non-tangible things. I think of the issue of hoarding when I hear this term. There are so many things that we will experience, gain, borrow, own, become attached to, detach from, grow to love, decide to hate. We need to be stern in what we get rid of and what we allow to stay with us. If it reminds you of a bad memory, get rid of it. If it's an important tool of a goal, let it stay with you. If it reminds you of the person you used to be that you no longer wish to be, get rid of it. 
if it is a part of your vision board of who you are aspiring to become, keep it. It's like acquiring a yes or no approach. Do you need it? Yes. Is it good for you? No. Do you want to keep it? Yes. Is it a necessity? No. Take this approach to help your environment be free from clutter and a space where you can freely use your mind, heart, soul, every part of your being to openly progress further. Getting old is a gift. A line which Eddie from Jumanji to the next level reminded us of in case we had forgot. Getting old is a gift. It's a gift in which we may subconsciously take for granted when we look in the mirror and complain about the wrinkles on our face or the grey hairs growing from our scalp. Not everyone gets to grow old. Not everyone gets to grow to the elderly stages of their life and reminisce on when they were young. Not everyone, by the measure of age, gets to live a full life and experience life through the lens of each age that they live through. Health is wealth. Health is not something we should take for granted. Being able to wake up in the morning, move around, feel alive, be active, a good beating heart. These are few of the many things that are in people's prayers. Be grateful today for the most littlest things in life. I've really developed this ideology this year. We are to be grateful for the little things as they matter just as much as the big things. Life is not about how fast you run, with what degree of grace. Life is a boot camp to what we must persevere through, all the obstacles and hardships, to earn our way into the next life. Old Thomas reminds us from this film on what life truly entails of. The ability to push through all obstacles, overcome all hardships, persevere through all challenges. All of this relates to our health. Health is something that cannot be measured by how much wealth we have. I feel like to an extent, our wealth is measured by our health. I say this from the viewpoint where we can literally, and I mean literally, have everything that we have ever wanted and ever needed in life. But if our health isn't where it needs to be, how are we to experience all these materialistic items? When I say health, I am not just talking about it in the physical sense, but in the mental, emotional, financial, spiritual and sexual sense. Each of these categories of health that I have included in this list equally matter. We should focus on continuously progressing our health in each area equally. We need them all to function so we can truly enjoy this life that we are living with the gifts that comes with it. Never forget the power of health. Vision gives a person a target. Our visions are seen through our eyes, but where they are truly developed is from inside our mind. There are two phrases that comes to mind from the Bible for me when I think of the word vision. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 states, Visions helps our dreams become greater than our memories. And Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 33 states, We need to take our plans and purposes of our vision to God. By now, you may know that I am a Christian with a developed and continuously developing personal relationship with God, as I talk about it at every given opportunity. For me, when I think of visualising visions, it's me going to talk to God about my dreams and goals, on the visions that I have not only thought of for myself, but of what has been shown to me in the Spirit. Visualising visions is the essence of having dreams, a plan and a purpose. It's a step we take to further what we have fantasised and thought of in our mind, to become an actuality and reality for our lives. Whether we are in a period of challenges, doubt, worry, anxiety, fear, uncertainty, 
It's the moments where we take the time to visualize our visions that helps us to recover from these battles and be reminded of how far we have got from the start of said vision and how far we have left to turn that vision from our dreams into a reality. I'm in the transition stage in life, leaving full-time education to start the new chapter of full-time work. And as I prepare for this next stage, I am giving myself a lot of time to just generally rest, chill, and enjoy these days where I'm fully free before I commence work. Last Wednesday, I was scrolling through Amazon and made a list of the films I thought would be good to watch from their soon-to-be-expired-in-30-days section, and The Imitation Game was the first on my list. Even prior to this, I had seen clips of this film on TikTok in both videos and ads, and I knew the film was going to be good. So if you haven't watched it yet, go and watch it as soon as possible, or find it on alternative streaming apps to watch it. Anyways, in this film, one specific crime was repeated three times in three different circumstances. First, where Alan, the main character, was a little boy. Secondly, where he was recruiting candidates to help crack Enigma. And thirdly, where he was being reminded of the good he had done for the country. The line was, It's the very people that no one imagines anything of, that do the things that no one can imagine. I want to repeat this line because no joke, when I heard it for the first time, I had to pause and reflect on the power in this statement. It's the very people that no one imagines anything of, that do the things that no one can imagine. We don't know our capabilities until we try things out. We don't know who we can become until we be who we are right now. We don't know where we can go in life if we don't start living right now. We've got to imagine the impossible and understand that though it may seem impossible right now, it won't be impossible for us to attain in the future because we kept working hard and being determined to become who we were called to be. See, Alan had been told time and time and time again that he wouldn't amount to success with breaking Enigma because it was deemed impossible to do so, especially with the calculations that the team took in determining how long it would take for them to break it. Though this did not stop Alan thinking he could do otherwise and successfully broke the code. Even in the lowest of times, he didn't give up because the time was coming where he would see victory. I think this is something we can resonate to in understanding that just because we may be going through current downfalls, failures and losses, this does not mean the end. It doesn't mean the end as long as you decide to do something about it. We could have third parties encouraging us, motivating us to get back up to try again. But until we encourage ourselves and motivate ourselves with the sole purpose of being determined to get back up from our sunken place and to try again, we may never get to live to see the legacy we were destined and purposed to create and build. We shouldn't look at our current limitations as the final stage, but as the first stage, the second being how we move beyond our limit and push forward. We shouldn't determine and try to measure our value on who we once was. We are to just keep going. Just keep going and in time we will see our value continuously increasing because we decided to use our time to add value for the present and the future. Not put a timestamp on where we are now. Reflect on that. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode titled Recovery from the Battle and that you found the topics of occupational health, boundaries, 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 health is wealth, visualising visions and rising up from your sunken place interesting. If you like this episode, please share and send it to family, friends, acquaintances, anyone who you may think would benefit from it or just like hearing it. Thank you for all of the support. Stay tuned for the next episode titled Uphold Revival. 
that will be coming to you on the 15th of October. Again, Happy New Month, Happy Nigerian Independence Day and Happy Black History Month. As always, remember to manifest, work, persevere. I'll see you at the top.